ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Joining me now, friend of the program, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights, covering the New Orleans Pelicans for SB Nation. That would be Mr. Ali Cassell. Ali, first off, happy Thanksgiving. Hope it's uh, great for you and your loved ones and uh, and your dogs and everybody in the Cassell household. But happy Thanksgiving, man. Uh, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you, your family, and everybody else at the station, and everybody listening. This is going to be an unusual one. I don't know how everybody's getting together, but we're just going to have a small gathering. Keep it safe out there for sure. Um, so, you know, the Pelicans offseason is – now, now we know what this roster is going to look like. And it did not really unfold perhaps the way we suspected. And you know, off-seasons are, are a bit unpredictable, but you typically look at free agents and what might happen or this or that. We figured Drew Holiday would be traded at least in the last month. It became very obvious. But the Pelicans' I guess main focus was a guy who was under contract and – they got Steven Adams as part of the four-team trade, which they finally officially announced yesterday. Uh, they also got Eric Bledsoe, but so many moving parts in that trade. But I, I want your thoughts on Adams because, to me, it appears that a big focus for David Griffin, VP of Basketball Ops for the Pelicans, was bringing some uh, toughness, very vocal guys into the locker room. And uh, while Adams isn't a, a guy that can, quote, stretch the floor – uh, he is one tough SOB. Yeah, Scott, I think there was – Adam basically solves um, the Pelicans' issues on multiple fronts, right? You bring in Stan Van Gundy, a coach who has been lauded for his, you know, defensive work, right, making teams one of the top perennial defensive teams in every season, right, whether it's with Miami, Orlando, and he even made a lot of good inroads with the Pistons. So – the thought was you got to get this guy a center, right? He's always had a center to build his defense around, and Stephen Adams fits that bill. He is literally one of the best rebounders on both ends of the ball. Um, he is a great rim deter, even though he doesn't have those block numbers. And and he's he's got a, such a good work ethic. Uh, he will sacrifice his own numbers, as we saw in OKC, right, multiple times. Russell Westbrook's going getting triple doubles, but uh, Adams is just worried about keeping other guys off the glass, boxing out. So people, everybody else around him got the stats. So he was just the guy doing all the hard work. So that feels like a perfect fit for New Orleans. You've got Zion on BI, two growing young stars. Who, but as we saw last year, as good as they can be offensively, defensively, that team was just lost, especially around those two superstars, right? Whether they get it or not eventually, we don't know, right? They need to figure some things out. Obviously, Zion's only got... 24, 25 games under his belt. But Stephen Adams is going to bring the, the solidity that the Pelicans were really hoping to get last year from Derek Favors. And unfortunately, Derek was really hurt. He didn't look like the player that he once was. And, of course, he lost a lot of time due to the unfortunate passing of his mother. So, no, Stephen Adams is a really um, big target and, and get for this uh, David Griffin-led front office. I don't know if people know this, but – he was really after him last year, last offseason, when he first got to New Orleans. So uh, what, what, what kind of role do you think he plays on the floor? He's going to be the defensive anchor. So all the times we've always complained about or coaches have mentioned, the players don't talk enough, don't communicate. The defense really isn't a perfect working five-man unit. 
I think Adams is going to solve a lot of those problems quickly. Um, he's the one who's going to call out the shots. He runs, you know, he understands scenarios, not on Rajon Rondo's level, but close enough to it, Scott, to where, like I said, he's going to get guys in position. That's, that's the biggest key. We saw what Rondo did for this roster of Alvin Gentry's, right? When, he's, when he was here, he was able to get them coordinated, get them motivated. Um, Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, those type of mentalities kind of need an extra boost. But, of course, like I said, to be kind of like that coach on the floor. So I think Steven Adams can provide that. Even though he's not renowned for being a Rondo, I have heard and talked to plenty of coaches and people around the league that this guy is really the real deal. So, I, I mean, we, we've got to wait until to see it the product on the court, but that's going to happen soon. But I, I truly think that they went and got the guy that is going to help remake this image of this team to really be able to not bow down, pe- prevent teams from getting in the lane so easily or getting e- easy shots from the outside. Basically just go ahead and get some stops for a change around here. Cause we didn't really see that at all during the Alvin Gentry era. Yeah. I, it, it, Eric Bledsoe as well, in terms of defense, uh, Ali, you mentioned Steven Adams. I think his addition, a lot of the focus seems to be defense. I mean, this is a guy coming off back-to-back All-NBA defensive team selections, first team in 2019, second team in 2020. Um, I have some questions about his fit offensively. How do you think Bledsoe fits in offensively? Because I know we both agree on his defense. Right. He's, he's going to make for an interesting fit because if any one of, you know, whether it's Lonzo Ball, Ingram, or Zion have the ball, he's not very good off the ball. He's a terrible mover, right? He doesn't cut or slash, and he's, he's one of you know the worst three, catch-and-shoot three-point shooters amongst the guards. So that does concern me. But what's interesting, though, is when he does have the ball, he's a much better playmaker than I thought, rating really highly when you look at all the advanced stats. And his pull-up three-point percentage was actually one of the best in the league. So for for some reason, he's just one of those players that just definitely operates better on the ball. So it will be curious to see how SVG utilizes him. But I will say this, unlike Alvin Gentry's system, which was predicated just on spacing, having some kind of breakdown, taking advantage of it, while everybody else stood around just waited for that open three-point shot, Dan Van Gundy is a lot more interested in the motion offense. So hopefully we'll get, you know, we'll see Eric Bledsoe more in the move or somehow just incorporate enough to where he gets comfortable on the floor and won't be such a minus offensively. Uh, like I think a lot of people, Scott, refer to his failings any time the playoffs happened, right? Milwaukee Bucks have disappointed for a couple of years, and he's been front and center. But outside of that, in the regular season, he's actually a pretty good player. Honestly, I would say he's about maybe, you know, overall, both offense and defense, about 80 85% on a really good day of what Drew Holiday provided, which honestly is a very valuable player in this league. I, um, yeah... I, I like some sides of it and then other parts of it. Like it, Adams, the fact that, you know, Zach Lowe reported this week, they already gave him a two-year extension. Clearly he seems to be a big long-term focus for the team. But what about Bledsoe? Is this is this a short-term deal or do you feel like they maybe have stronger interest in him than we think? Like what – in terms of the future pieces of this team, someone asked me the other day, do you think he's won? And I said – I. I don't know, but if I had to bet, there are a lot of other guys I'd put ahead of him on the list. So what are your thoughts? I have to think that they are not going to keep him for the long-term, Scott. Uh, they moved on from Drew Holiday, who I just mentioned is a very comparable player to Eric Bledsoe, and he's just slightly older, a little bit worse of a shooter. 
and not as versatile defensively. So for them to suddenly want to keep that type of version when they had a much better one that didn't work in New Orleans doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I, it's great that you point out Adams getting an extension. It obviously, obviously shows what the front office thinks of him. But as for Agbleto, no, I, I foresee, honestly, I was a little surprised he didn't get moved now, but maybe they couldn't find a deal. Or maybe, you know, they do want to see how at least he works in the interim. Because we know Griff, he wants to put a competitive team out there on the court. And so Bledsoe may give him that best opportunity, at least for this year. But I don't honestly foresee him staying in New Orleans past this year. Whether it gets moved at the trade deadline or sometime next offseason, I think it's probable. ESPN1420.com. Ali Casella, the Bird Rights, our guest. You guys had a great piece up uh, that I was reading yesterday about Lonzo Ball. And I think David Fisher wrote it about final year of his rookie contract as of now. Like, what what is Lonzo in this offense? What is Lonzo Ball uh, uh, in this? You know, defensively, he has his moments. I think you see that the ceiling's very high there. There are some lapses at times. We saw an improvement on the three-point ball, but you just talked about it. Stan Van Gundy, um, new new coaching regime, new offense, some new pieces, obviously, you know, with Steven Adams and Drew Holiday now being gone. Where does Lonzo Ball fit in this Stan Van Gundy offense in your mind? In the offense, he's going to be possibly the best uh, four-stretching three-point shooter for them when J.J. Reddick's not on the court. He can't, you know, he does not look to take it to the rim. He hasn't in, in his, each of his seasons so far in the NBA. He really avoids contact and especially getting to the free throw line, which isn't a surprise when you're really a poor shooter from that spot. But I do believe he offers so much else that people just overlook, right? I mean, defensively, yeah, Scott, he has just shown glimpses. But I think with a six foot six frame, he's got good quick feet very good instincts and really quick hands. I think he could be a definitely an above average defender. And Stan Van Gundy kind of has alluded to, to that in the past on podcasts and such when he's just mentioned what he's thought of Lonzo in passing. But offensively, he's going to be the guy leading the break. There's no doubt. Look how well it worked last year. It would be silly not to get the ball in his hands looking for Zion shooting up the court, right? I mean, everybody's got to remember at least one high of the, at least a half-court alley-oop or almost close to a full alley uh, half-court, full-court alley-oop. Try to say that a few times. But or offensively, Scott, when they, they do get in the half-court, they will look to basically get the ball out of his hands and give it to one of the creators, which obviously is going to be Brandon Ingram and Zion. And I think the third playmaker is going to be uh, Eric Bledsoe. Until Kira Lewis as junior is ready, I think we're just going to see a lot of Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball backcourts. ESPN. A little bit of mixture of Josh Hart and J.J. Redick. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Is this team better day one than they were, I guess, at their best last season? Or is it going to take a bit of time in your mind? I think they are a little bit better. I don't think Derek Favors was usually not even 75% of the version of the mobility that we saw with the Utah Jazz. And when he wasn't on the court, boy, they, they were just lost. I mean, that's when the 13-game losing streak largely, largely happened. Um, but if they have a healthy Zion and if Adams can stay in the court, you can see what they're thinking is in wanting to build the wall. I mean, last year, Scott, they gave up, I think it was top two most points in the paint to opponents. They were just not able to stop anybody. And if they weren't stopping them on initial drives, they were giving up way too many second chance shots. They were terrible in transition defense. 
So I think just bringing in Stephen Adams, who is honestly a better version, much better version of Derek Favors, and having Stan Van Gundy on the sidelines is going to change a lot of things for this team. And one last thing I hope people realize is, despite the lack of changes, you know, you just made a trade, brought in two names, you're not sure how they'll fit. you got to understand, this is a young core. So Brandon Ingram coming off an all-star campaign, I expect for him to get better. Zion Williamson knows what the NBA about is now. And if he's truly the generational talent we think he is, he's going to be that much better. And let's hope Lonzo kind of follows suit, too. So I think that's where you're going to hope for the improvement. I think there's a really good chance of at least some of it happening. Ali Cassell of The Bird Rights, editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights, at The Bird Rights on Twitter, thebirdrights.com. You can check out tons of great Pelicans content there. It's been um, I final question, I guess, on the on the recent moves. Were you surprised at, in hindsight, I mean, look, it's now we know what they've done, but in terms of what you were expecting this offseason and what they did, how how much of a surprise was it to you, if at all? It was a big surprise, Scott. Last year, we saw the biggest problem was slowing down an opponent's, you know, the, the bigger wings, the, the, their best scores. I'm not even talking about just LeBron or Kawhi, the big names. I'm talking about the Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanoviches and um, Tobias Harris, even Harrison Barnes. I mean, these guys ripped into the Pelicans for 30 points. And for them not to address that position, getting a good, solid, big wing defender is scary to me. Uh, I thought maybe they'd be able to pick up somebody here after making the trade, but apparently, you know, they ran out of money. I mean, let's face it, they are up against the luxury tax line. For a team that hasn't made the playoffs, you you, you just won't go into it. You will not get the sign-off from the owner to go ahead and spend additional money. So I don't know how they're going to fill that hole. That's why I said Eric Bledsoe's spot on this roster is very precarious to me. Maybe somebody else is this too. Maybe if Lonzo Wright doesn't show up or doesn't show he's part of the future, he could be going out and they'll, they'll f- figure out, you know, how to fix that position later. But, you no, know, Scott, I thought that while you had hoped they'd fill in certain holes, which they did, right, get a center that's more reliable than favors, get some more additional help at point guard, I thought they were going to go the veteran route with uh, a couple of these moves, and they haven't done that, both at point guard and even getting, like I said, that big wing defender. It's still an open uh, book who knows who's going to solve it i have no idea all right well uh, w- what's the expectation of this team in the west this year ollie because i mean you look at what phoenix has done you look at a lot of these really good teams here and i mean I, if you finish in the top 10 you get a chance to play your way in so that's a that's a good thing but can they finish in the top 10 like where where where's this team lie in the west um in your mind, and and I let me throw this out there because I think the biggest thing about this team's improvement, you've done a great job breaking so much of it down. And we didn't talk about some of the smaller moves like uh, Hernan Gomez and whatnot, but for this team, in my mind, their success this year does 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 Zion play the majority of the season? Right, we saw him for what twenty four yeah. games last year. <laughs> if he plays the majority of the season and he's starting game one and he's in shape, and I know that's a big talking point, then this team can do, I mean, first of all, they're going to be maybe the most fun team to watch. They're going to be a league pass darling. But if he plays the bulk of the season, I mean, I I could see this team really surprising a lot of folks. If it's, 
you know, a third of the season, half the season, you know, 65% of the season, then I think it's going to be really tough to make any noise in the West this year. Is it, is it that simple in your mind as I'm looking at it? I know there are a lot of other moving parts, but that's just the top of my list for whether or not this team can really compete in the West this year. And I don't mean the top upper echelon. I just mean in terms mm-hmm. of getting into the postseason and making a little noise here or there. Yeah, Vegas is giving them, I think the over-under is 34 and a half wins. Remember, this is out of 72 win, sure. or 72 game schedule. So just under 500 is where they're pegging them at. So that does really correlate to, like, a, like you mentioned, Scott, a 9-10 finish. So they would likely compete for a play-in tournament. How far, much further they advance, it's anybody's guess. But I think you're absolutely right. How far this team goes is strictly going to be on their two young guns of the future. Their cornerstones. Zion, he has to stay on the court. We saw what a difference maker he is when he's just out there. It's an almost an automatic 20 points from the paint because he's just completely unstoppable. He's even more of an unstoppable force than Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? When he catches the ball in there, you, you just can't contain him because of his speed and power. So he has to stay on the court for the Pelicans to be successful, but also Brandon Ingram. He's the floor stretcher, right? At six foot nine. Even though they say six foot seven, I believe he's closer to six nine. I've stood next to the guy. He can get a shot up over anybody. And becoming a forty percent three point shooter of good volume, efficient score, you're gonna need that too. Zion's gonna need his floor spaces around him. So health, Scott, I don't know how many times we say it every year, every preseason, but it seems to come down to health. When you have it, you know, this team does, you know, beats or exceeds expectations a little, a little bit, like they did in two thousand eighteen. Even though they lost cousins. Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday were successful that entire run where they made the postseason. But almost any other year, you can point to one of those two guys missing time, just like last year with Zion. So, yeah, got to keep those two guys in the court. They do that. Pelicans will probably get in that playing tournament at a minimum. ESPN1420N.com. So outside of Ingram and Zion, what in your mind is the biggest key to this team's success after the obvious choices of 1A and 1B? It has to be Lonzo Ball. Are we going to see the guy that we saw from, say, the middle of December on until the pandemic shut the NBA down? Because that was a very good player. And his last five games, he was like 18-7-7, and and the confidence was just incredible. He had two games where he, of those five, he hit over, or was it, seven threes or more, I believe. So if he's that type of player, then they Pelicans have kind of their third star and this is even counting what Eric Bledsoe is going to give you, his usual probably 14 or 15 points. So I think that in itself is probably going to control also the Pelicans' fate this year. To play Alonzo Ball, he cannot start the season just without any kind of confidence, right? If he, if he can jump on the gun, take up, pick up from where he left off, and we've got to just, you know, discount the bubble play. Every player looked terrible there. They just didn't bring it. So erase that memory from your be- memory banks. But remember, Lonzo was really good for about two and a half months. If that trajectory keeps going on up, he's going to be the difference maker because he's got the ball in his hands a lot. Scott, he's going to be counted on defensively now to fill the versatility that Drew Holiday is now not going to be here to, to handle, right, all these switches, handle the bigger assignments on the wing. So circle it. Let's see Lonzo Ball come through. And if he does, yeah, this, this team might be even better than what we're talking about right now. Good stuff from Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights at O-L-E-H-K-O-S-E-L. Check out all the stuff over at the Bird Rights. That's the Bird Rights 
the bird, and then W-R-I-T-E-S. Great Pelicans content there. You guys uh, churn it out all the time, constantly refreshed. You got a podcast as well over there. So when it comes to Pelicans content, great place to go for anybody listening and uh, you and the whole team over there. I always say it, but you do an amazing job, and I always look forward to our conversations, Ollie. Looking forward to this season. Shoot, man, we're less than a month away from tip-off, which is absolutely crazy. Can you? I mean, honestly, training camp's one week away from starting, yeah, today, one week from today. That's just, (laughs) that is nuts, man. In the meantime, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, All the best, brother. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you again in the future, all right? Absolutely, and same to everybody else out there.